G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. On a Thursday, we do like to catch up on some of those issues that are shaping our nation quite significantly. And Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT is Greg Bondar. Greg's back with us. Greg, special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil, and delighted to be with you. Uh, Greg, let's start with this one. It is obviously a serious thing to imagine, the idea that parental rights might have gone. I suspect uh, those who are listening to us will be thinking, well, I've, I've heard you talking about these sorts of things. We thought this was just a little bit of posturing, a little bit of sensationalism maybe. This could be way off. Well, uh, there is the story now that's emerged of a 15-year-old girl who has been taken away from her parents Tell us what that story is all about. Yeah, thank you, Neil. Look, it really has come to a head now because um, um, a story in the Australian last week uh, by Bernard Lane, who's written on this issue many times, has highlighted the, the circumstance. Well, if, just imagine uh, if police removed your 15-year-old daughter from you because you questioned her interest in changing her sex. Now, as a parent, you've got every right to do that, in my view. This has actually now happened in Australia. The girl can't be named for various reasons, or the state, in fact. But apparently, the, you know, the parents were deemed to be abusive and potentially harmful. The parents deny being abusive, of course, uh, and they were favouring non-invasive psychotherapy. What they were saying there was that they believed that factors other than her gender and were responsible for her making these so-called decisions to transgender. In other words, they were saying that social skills, a difficult start to her puberty, and, and also loss of friends may have caused her to be somewhat anxious about her, uh, her sexuality. Now, the situation here is, don't forget, Neil, that these people were Christians, and they were opposed to hormone drugs, and, and, and they based their opposition on medical and ethical grounds because, quite frankly, the father said, Neil, and this is so important, and, and I want to make this point. He said, how can you be born in the wrong body? There's no scientific evidence for that. And in point of fact, that is true. I was just reading an article yesterday because we put a, we put a submission to the Tasmanian government, Neil, and, and, and there is scientific evidence to say there is no such thing as a gay gene. It's all, all environmental, peer pressure, uh, and, 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 and as we spoke not long ago, Neil, social media pressure. So this is really, really disturbing, Neil, and everyone should be aware that we need, we need to fight this. And interestingly, Greg, the parents denying any abuse, obviously it doesn't look like abuse from where we stand. Uh, the idea of favouring non-invasive psychotherapy. Uh, the mm. other, in other words, that you know, there are professional people who deal with uh, the ways that our mind is developing yeah. and the way things can get out of whack. And and you know, there are professional people, whether they be Christian or non-Christian, mm. the, these ideas that there are counselling ways 
to help young people through what this idea of confusion at that age. And so uh, this, uh, even if we talk about what's going on in Victoria, uh, that's going to outlaw that absolutely completely. But we've already got a case of this now. It's already happening. You don't have to wait for Victoria to be, uh, to get, you know, have your children taken off you. This is happening right now. This is concerning. Uh, and, and it is concerning, Neil, because it is happening. And not only, that, only last week, I think, we spoke, Neil, that the UK court made a ruling that, that you know, court, there were, a permission was needed any minor who was wanting to transgender, they were not capable of doing so given their age and experience. So, And I said to you, I hope that filters through to Australia because we can't let police be taking our children away because we question whether they're doing the right thing or whether we're trying to advise them or our teachers or our, or our colleagues or our church friends, whatever. Neil, we've got to put an end to this and I'm urging everybody, everybody to follow this case and, um, and and make representation to your local MP because now we're getting out of control. The government cannot be taking children away from us. As you say, in the UK, now they have a precedent uh, where parents need to be involved when a child is under the age of 18. That hasn't happened here in Australia, so somehow or other there's going to be all sorts of processes. There'll be a lot of heartache uh, in the meantime getting to a point where uh, someone recognises some level of common sense here. Uh, Let's move on, Greg. Uh, Euthanasia. Uh, putting lives at risk. Uh, members of the left-wing movement in the New South Wales Parliament are pushing ahead for a bill uh, to legalise euthanasia in New South Wales. What's happening there? Oh, look, Neil, I've only found out... Over, again, this happened over the weekend, as they always do on a Sunday, so that people don't, uh, don't, don't follow the news on a Sunday generally. Uh, look, another proposal has been put up by the Greens MP, Alex Greenwich, um, who's saying he's now preparing... Uh, uh, legislation to have so-called assisted dying laws introduced uh, within New South Wales. Now, assisted dying laws is just a euphemism in my book for legalised killing, Neil. What we've got to be careful of is that New South Wales will end up being what I call the killing state. They've already approved abortion. They rejected Zoe's law. Now they want to introduce euthanasia. I mean, please, Neil, there are so many other ways to handle this. In other words, there's anecdotal evidence to show that, you know, within communities, uh, doctors, health practitioners and counsellors all say this is not necessarily the way to go. We should be looking at palliative care, counselling and so on to ensure that uh, we look after those that are, that are ill. And, uh, and, and in that respect, you know, we've really got to make sure that we oppose this euthanasia push. Interesting, Greg, isn't it, that as a Christian, you think that if you vote for a conservative-style government, uh, that they might hold true to some of the values that you uh, recognise are protecting people. But in New South Wales, it appears to me the Berejiklian government has found all sorts of ways, as they did with the abortion laws, uh, to allow a a conveniently placed private member's bill to come in and the whole parliament then changes the laws. And then when it comes to an election, you've got a conservative side saying, yes, we'll we'll protect your freedoms and we'll protect human life. But it just doesn't happen. They just got... The Berejiklian government has found convenient ways to let these laws into New South Wales. Yeah. Look, Neil, I, look, having been in politics, I know that a lot and lot, a lot of um, negotiations that go on. You support my bill, I support your bill. You know, you support my legislation. 
question I should put your legislation, but the government and the Berrigan government in particular, and this is to stand by, stand up and be counted. Look, I, for, for example, the doctors and Christian association has said that there is a moral opposition to both euthanasia and physician assisted suicide, which has been a feature of the Hippocratic and the Judeo-Christian tradition for many years. So it's very important that we stand up for those uh, beliefs now. Uh, Greg, you were breaking up a little bit there, and uh, I'll just get you to sort of stand still with that phone in your hand. Uh, just another quick yep. point to pick up on. Uh, yep. Church and state. Uh, there's some research out of the U.S., uh, where people would like to see those biblical foundations on which their nation was formed have a great deal of influence or at least some level of influence on uh, the laws and uh, those sorts of things. Uh, what is that research showing and is there any application for us here in Australia? Oh, absolutely, Neil. Look, I have to make the point that uh, we're now talking about um, church estate. There's no question about it. What I'd like to point out is that, as you know, Romans 13 is a is a great uh, chapter and verse to be talking about when we're talking about government and the church. Uh, Matthew 22, 21 says, Give Caesar what Caesar is you. Now, the point I want to make about this research is that they, the, this research shows, Neil, the Bible should have a great deal or some influence on the laws of the U.S., now, we've got to recognise in Australia, the Australian Constitution's preamble includes the words humbly relying on the blessing of Almighty God. So in point of fact, we are a Christian-based, we have a Christian-based Constitution and we need to make sure that we uphold that. And I'm, and I'm urging everybody to remind their politicians, to remind their, their, their local members, whether they're a, a state, local or federal government, that we are indeed still... A lot of our laws are based on Christian ethics and, 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 and morals, so it's important that we uphold that. And this survey confirms that there is a strong relation between church and state now. There is. And, uh, you know, and I'll point our listeners uh, to your website today, familyvoice.org.au. Uh, when it comes to uh, these sorts of issues, uh, there is a tendency to uh, to somehow or other think that somebody else is looking after it. And uh, when it comes to these church and state issues, we want to recognise that you know when we talk about Christians and the influence politically, it's usually a non-domination. A non-domination, and it's an influential yep. thing. So when people think about, uh, you know, the Bible and church and state, they somehow think that, uh, you know, that Christians are trying to take over. Actually, uh, that's not the case, Greg. And uh, and you know what, you might have your own thoughts on that, but but Christians certainly want to be salt and light and influential in the way the culture evolves, the way the culture actually uh, looks, and the way it treats people. And if we don't do that, we're letting letting the team down. Uh, any thoughts, just uh, just quickly on that? Yeah, absolutely. Now, look, again, I make the point that church and state, I don't think you can separate them to the point, biblically speaking. Romans 13 tells us we must obey the government, but Neil, you only obey the government to the extent that it doesn't conflict with your faith. I think we've got to make that very clear. As I said, Matthew 22, 21, Romans 13, uh, uh, resources to go to. But in particular, let's just make sure that we as Christians continue to impact on the legislation that our state and federal governments are doing. And we can do that now by putting in submissions, phone calls, letters, or whatever, because we have to make sure that our Judeo-Christian heritage 
uh, prevails in Australia, Neil. Uh, just before I let you go here, Greg, I mean, we're about to have a little bit of a recess uh, through Christmas and New Year, and, you know, lots of people have a bit of a break over Christmas and into the New Year. Uh, I suspect that there are going to be those who lobby for all sorts of changes that we'll often talk about who won't be resting through that time, and uh, those who've been diligently writing and contacting MPs, uh, they might be thinking, well, I'm going to have a rest for the next few weeks, but what are your thoughts for people as as, as things even develop over the Christmas New Year break that there's people on the side of trying to dismantle things in Australia that that tend not to rest even over Christmas and New Year. What are your thoughts for what we ought to be doing to be diligent? Oh, look, there's no rest at all. I am working on three submissions at the moment, Neil. I'm working on a gambling submission. I'm working on euthanasia submission. And we're working on a conversion therapy submission as well. So there's a lot happening. And one of the things that we need to be aware of is that governments sometimes tend to push things through at the last minute during these busy times of the year when people pay less attention, I think we need to be vigilant and active and watch what's going on now. Yeah. Uh, familyvoice.org.au and uh, when you talk about those submissions you're working on uh, people will be able to access all sorts of good detail and resource to understand what's happening in our nation familyvoice.org.au Greg Bondo Greg Bondo is Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT Greg thanks so much for the update today on 2020 Thank you Neil Merry Christmas and every blessing to you and your listeners Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.